though. So one of my favorite TV shows is The Good Wife that was on CBS. And every now and then I'll rewatch the entire series. It just, it's one of the best written shows, in my opinion. And the team behind The Good Wife is Robert and Michelle King, who are also married. And I really like their style of storytelling. I recently came across an article they they did an interview that was published in the New Yorker magazine where they were talking about how they got their start in screenwriting and the transition to television and the many shows that they have, the many shows and movies that they have written, directed, produced, and all of that. And while I was reading, first of all, let me just say, I love that the New Yorker, they they have the interviews and their articles. I love that you can read or listen to the interviews. And this one is rather long, okay? <laughs> I mean, it is over an hour long. So, yeah. I was glad they had the audio because I was going back and forth between the audio and reading it and I had to reread some things just to get clarification, you know. (laughs) But it's quite an interesting interview in the New Yorker. I'm not sponsored. I pay for my subscription, so. But I do like, that is one of my favorite uh, magazines And so I came across this interview and the the article is titled The Couple Behind TV's Boldest Shows. This is by Emily Nussbaum? Nussbaum? Anywho. (laughs) But so in the article... They, Emily spoke with both Michelle and uh, Robert about how they came up with, well, they were talking about a number of different shows and I didn't even know that they made movies before The Good Wife, but they've been in the business for a very long time. And then in the article, They went on to discuss their new show, uh, Evil, which I didn't know they had a new show. (laughs) Hello, my name is Tamika, and whether you stumbled upon Junkie for a Story or are here by intention, thank you for stopping by. I hope you enjoy this video, and if you do, please give it a like and subscribe by the end of the video. And hit the bell for notifications so you won't miss new videos when they are released. And now, on to the video. So, for some reason, even though I really, really love The Good Wife, I just didn't want to... I I don't know. I haven't watched The Good Fight. 
So I just want to leave it at that. <laughs> and maybe I'll get to it one day, but I haven't watched it yet. Still, Christine Baranski, I'm sure I have no doubts that she is giving a stellar performance in that series and that whole team. They're doing well. But I don't know why. I just, it seemed like it was just a continuation of The Good Wife, and I could be wrong, but I, I just haven't watched it. So I think The Good Fight is still on, but then they also started working on a new series, which is simply titled Evil. <laughs> And so that is in its third season. And just from what they had to say about that show, I was like, hmm, let me, let me check this show out now. Because I really love their writing. That's the only reason. I mean, I said I would not add another streaming <laughs> subscription. <laughs> And I did not have Paramount. But then they were doing this sale. So I think it was like you get one month free and then it's like $5 or something like that. So I just figured I'm going to test them out for two months, okay? And I got the Paramount Plus so that I can see evil. I only got it for this reason. But what do you know? The good wife is on there. So... <laughs> Because they took it off Amazon. I used to watch it on Amazon and they took it off Amazon Prime. So I just might keep Paramount. <laughs> but anyway, they were talking about Evil, which is a cuckoo kind of a show, okay? <laughs> So I have been watching Evil for like two weeks now. Like, I don't know if I said it, but they're in their third season and on Paramount Plus, they're releasing the episodes every week. I think it's on Sundays, every Sunday. And this is, I must say, one of the most clever shows I have seen period, because they weave together politics, religion, and social media to tell a story. And I think it was Robert King, I'm not sure, but one of them mentioned how they didn't want to make a show that was intentionally trying to teach you something, because, you know, they knew that that would the way that comes across, people can't stand that. So they didn't want this show to be that kind of a show. And it's not, I would say it's not preachy, but it definitely, <laughs> it brings up questions about one's morals, okay? I would say all of the characters are morally... Well, not all. No, no, no. A lot of the characters are morally gray. And they each have such vivid 
personality. So I'm so curious about that writing room because I'm like, the way they come up with the stories is what what I end up seeing on the screen is fascinating. So, <laughs> I mean, and then I love the titles of the episodes. Like, they've been doing alphabets. You know, A is for... I should have written some down so I could tell you. But, you know, <laughs> they have some great titles, okay? They started with season one, The Genesis. Then there's... It looks like in season two, that's when they were doing the alphabet. So you had A is for Angel, N is for Night Terrors, E is for Elevator. And now they're on season three. And it looks like they switched it up again with the titles. But they seem to be starting with the demon. So season three, it looks like will be all about the demon. Okay. <laughs> They have the demon of death, the demon of memes, the demon of sex. That episode was a bit too raunchy, so I don't know. I, I really didn't care for that episode, but uh, the demon of the road and then episode five will be released on Sunday. So... Yeah, I am all caught up on this series now. And I wouldn't have even known about it if it wasn't for The New Yorker. And I guess that's what happens when you don't have regular network TV. I just don't know about stuff until I read. But yeah, I love this show. And it kind of has this feel of a parable but with really, I would say high quality graphics. The, I don't know who's behind that, but what they do, the animation is pretty good. And I like the, the music that is accompanied with the animation. I mean, this show is just all around. Perfect. Perfection. <laughs> Evil is about a cynical clinical psychologist who is hired by a Catholic church to join a team to investigate uh, investigate crimes and activity that's happening to see if the answer is scientific or if there is supernatural spirits behind these events. And so the cast, like I said, the cast members, they are all, they each have their separate paths that they're walking, you know? So you have Kristen Bouchard. She is a mother of four. And she, I forgot what her husband does, but he seems to be away a lot. And so she's taking care. And these are young girls, I should point out. She's the mother of 
for girls under, I think the oldest is like 12 or something like that. So, I mean, she's got a crowded house, okay? And she has her issues with her profession and her name, her reputation. And then there's issues in the marriage, but not not like they're, they're not on the brink of divorce, but you know. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> and then you have David Acosta, the seminarian. He is, he's barely walking the line, okay? <laughs> he is barely walking the line. So he gets into a situation <laughs> in the first season but you, you got to understand him because he, he is a priest in training. He is new to it. And I, I, I'm not, I'm a little fuzzy on his backstory, okay? But he's a priest in training. And yeah, he has some struggles, some personal struggles, okay? And then you have uh, Ben... Ben Shakur. Now they say he, I think he's a Muslim faith, but uh, yeah, and he has some, they all have personal issues, right? So But it's quite a diverse cast of people. And you have Leland Thompson, who is a fellow psychologist, but he's he's a little odd. He's basically the evil within the cast, right? <laughs> within the cast of characters. He is up to no good at all times. I mean, he he's he's like the troll on the internet, you know, on, on social media. He's up to no good and for whatever for some reason he is targeting Bouchard so yeah she she knows he's after her and she, she's got her eyes on him okay <laughs> and then you have Bishop Thomas Marks and he's the one that they all report to about their findings of whatever investigation they are taking part in. And Cheryl, I like Cheryl. Okay, so that character is played by actress Christine Lottie. And she is such a trip. She is funny. She's the grandmother. And she gets into it with her daughter, uh, Kristen. And yeah, they have their disagreements sometimes. I don't like how she... She was dating uh, Leland Thompson and her daughter was telling her, you know, this dude is no good. You need to leave him alone. You know, I don't know. I guess she, she needed to see it for herself, but still I feel like she was like risking putting her granddaughters in danger. So I really didn't care for that. But she, she didn't have the information, so... Okay. <laughs> but that's her. And then I liked 
uh, Renee, Renee Elise Goldsberry. Now, she was only in a few episodes. I haven't seen her. I think she was just in the first season, if I remember correctly. But I haven't seen her since then. So I hope they bring her back, hint, hint. <laughs> but I liked her character um, and the the storyline with her and David Acosta. Although she's kind of a, you know, <laughs> she, she throws a wrench in his priest in training status. <laughs> we'll say, okay. But I want to talk about Season one, episode 10. So that one, well, what was it called anyway? Seven Swans A-Singing. <laughs> Seven Swans A-Singing. So that's the episode where uh, the team, they are called to this school because there's a group of girls who they are hooked on this song, this kind of a nursery rhyme song that they just keep singing and they can't stop singing it. The team is called in to figure out, you know, the root of this, and then a solution for how to get them to stop because it's kind of um, disruptive in class. And so in this episode, it kind of reminded me of the fake outrage that we see today I remember, was this, I don't know if it was this year or last year or something, when there was this thing, this whole debacle, scandal, whatever you want to call it, with uh, Joe Rogan, where I forgot what was going on, but I, I don't really know who he is or whatever. I think he's a podcaster or something. But there was this scandal where the artists were pulling their music from Spotify. And I'm not sure if it was other places, but they were pulling their music from Spotify because they took issue with the things that Joe Rogan was saying. I, I, anyway, I don't want to get into what he was saying, but to me, it's fake. it was fake. Not the, the artist, but I, I feel like the people behind that was just trying to draw attention to Joe Rogan because he signed some multi-million dollar contract and people weren't talking about him. So they created this controversy to get his draw attention to his show. I mean, apparently it sounds like he's already a big deal, but I never heard of him until the controversy. So I'm not saying that he wasn't a big name, but I never heard of him until the controversy. So, and then it was just like, okay, now everybody's talking about him. So it was just a little bit on the fake side, but I'm not talking about the artists and what they were doing. I think they had good intentions and just wasn't, we've all been bamboozled. But anyway, this episode reminded me of that because they had this social media influencer in the story and she was like, she had some kind of like a YouTube or Instagram channel or something. 
where she would, you know, put up these videos and she was targeting a younger audience, but it was causing her viewers to behave in a crazy, crazy way. I don't know. (laughs) And so then once the team learned, you know, who was behind this, they asked her to take down the videos. And so she, she goes in a panic or whatever. And she's, you know, what am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. So she talks to a certain person (laughs) just in case you want to see it. I don't want to tell you everything. So she gets this advice. Okay. How, how did they put it? Something about the forbidden is the most desirable, you know? So she, puts out this video acting like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take the video down because it's causing such problems. (laughs) She's like doing the fake tears and stuff. But, you know, all the while we know why she's doing it because she knows that's going to draw more views to said video that she plans on taking down, allegedly. And it just reminds me of what is happening right now or probably what has always been happening, you know? <laughs> it's nothing new. But that episode was funny to me because it just, it clearly represents society today, you know? Although the show as a whole, it's always pointing out a lot of what is happening, at least in American society, I should say. But anyway, I really, really, really enjoyed this show. And I am so glad I discovered it. Thank you to the New Yorker. (laughs) And yeah, hopefully I convince you to check it out. Those are my thoughts. And thank you so much for watching and listening. Don't forget to like. If you did like this video, give it a like. And please consider subscribing. I upload videos every week, usually film or book related. And I will catch you in the next one. Bye.